welcome back to another edition of the Spy Bar Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Swanton. Well, uh, to start off this week, I don't think we can uh, go anywhere other than to uh, discuss the match, uh, which took place on uh, on Friday night here in the UK. Um, obviously, it was Phil, Phil versus Tiger for nine million out in the desert in Las Vegas at Shadow Creek, with Phil being victorious on the twenty second hole. Um, I did watch most of it. I will confess I gave in around midnight. I did record the rest and watch it the next day. Um, But an interesting spectacle, an interesting format. I'm not sure how well executed it was, um, if I'm honest. Um, If we kind of talk about sort of, let's talk about the positive side of things. So for me, I think it's always interesting when you introduce a new format. Uh, into the game of golf I love what the European Tour does and Keith Pelley in particular kind of what he's done with the golf super sixes um, shot clocks um, and so on in the Austrian Open lots of different things to kind of keep the sport fresh bring in some new ideas make it as appealing as possible and obviously having a match play event with the two greatest golfers of the last 25 years um, was certainly whilst perhaps a little bit later than we would have liked it would have been better like 10 15 years ago but but hey it was it was an interesting an interesting element um the kind of gambling thing the betting side of things again you know look in uh, in uk society that's kind of been around for a long time doing sports gambling obviously in the states it's just been legalized um so i can kind of understand why there was an interest for this particular match from, from that point of view and i think it was kind of interesting to that degree but um for all intents and purposes i think the match was somewhat hamstrung by all the different moving parts and politics behind the scenes. So, um, yeah, I know the PGA Tour had their fingers uh, involved in terms of they were only allowed to make a maximum of four bets or challenges, as they were calling it. Um, they kind of limited the amount that they were able to to wager between each other, and so on and so forth. So, it it, it was it was good. Let, let's touch on the positive side of things. Look, I like the format. I like the idea. Loved the conversations that you could see between the caddy and the player. I thought that was great. Um, at times, I thought the interaction between them was was good, particularly in kind of the giving giving of putts or the not giving of putts. I thought that was interesting, some of the psychology around that. Um, some of the different drone footage you got. I know the top tracer was a bit dodgy at times. Kept saying the ball was going miles out of bounds when it was striped down the centre of the fairway. But, um, uh, you know, kind of the, the technology behind it, the drone footage was good. And I really liked, from a broadcast point of view, um, which is my day job, I really like the on-course reporter Shane Bacon. I, I like him anyway. He's got a great podcast, um, the Clubhouse podcast. Do do go and find that as well on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever else you get your podcasts. He's a top guy. He's very much up and coming, does a lot on the PGA Tour live app, and does. Um, he's heavily involved in Fox Sports, so he does the US Open and US Amateur Open. He's He was really good. I thought his interaction with the players kind of kept, kept that dialogue going forward. Um, on the negative side of things, I would also talk about the broadcast in that it was, it was a bit disjointed at best. I think that's trying to be polite. I'm trying not to curse on here. Um, f- for me, there were just too many randoms shoved together um, who didn't 
don't normally work with each other. So Turner don't normally have any sport in. Um, they do have sport. I should take that back. They have all the NBA. Um, but Ernie, who was the main host, he, he's an NBA guy through and through. He's done a little bit of golf here and there, but predominantly NBA. Uh, Peter Jacobson's from the Golf Channel. Um, Darren Clark sort of comes in elsewhere. So there was the chemistry between the three of them, three of them was a bit off. And Peter Jacobs just spoke far too much. I wasn't interested in hearing him talk. I was more interested in hearing you know, Caddy and the play- the caddies and the players talk to each other and have a bit of banter. Um, and I suppose kind of on the banter piece, it was a little bit forced. I think with these two guys, we all know that Tiger's like historically um, cagey when it comes to the media at the best of times. So, uh, you know, the fact that they might give a little bit of crap to each other on their Tuesday swindles, um, when they're out on tour is very different when you come kind of live live mic and lots of potential media out there and then obviously the implications from a sponsor's point of view so yeah, the banter was a bit forced it was okay in places but a little bit forced um, and I think kind of the thing for me that was kind of the most disappointing out of all of it is I don't think either of them really played very well I thought it was a bit uh, the golf was a bit stale um, nobody really made any putts I think the best thing was obviously tiger chipping in on 17 but kind of outside of that it was a bit a bit average um although i've got to say i did smile when mickelson i think it was on a relatively early on maybe about just around the turn when he went from bunker to bunker he fatted one bunker shot into the next one which made me smile a little bit because i've done that god knows how many times over the years um so kind of moving forward i, I like the format i like the event I hope they do more of these. I think there are definitely things they could do to tweak the format and the broadcast. I think they could definitely quickly make the broadcast better. I'm not sure what they can do from a red tape point of view with regards to waging and betting to make that a little bit more in- interesting and exciting without um, worrying sponsors and having repercussions there. But but for a format point of view, I think that the main thing I would do is definitely make it like a either a foursomes or a four ball uh, type affair bring in some extra characters, maybe some characters who've got a bit of beef with each other, um, you know, maybe get Spieth and Reed uh, going on opposite teams um, post-Ryder Cup, or, yeah, I suppose you get some of the Ryder Cup um, pairings all together, you know, get Poulter and Hatton in there again. We'll come on to them in a second about uh, the ISPA uh, World Cup of Golf. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely got a future, so it'll be interesting to see what the fallout will be. I know Tiger and Phil have actually set up their own uh, sort of company uh, with regards to this brand the match brand so uh, I think we will see more of it in the future just be interesting to see how that pans out and I think it falls at a good time of year look there's, there's not a great deal going on and we'll, we'll touch on the events from last weekend but it is a quieter time particularly on the PGA Tour so timing kind of made sense <clears throat> in terms of uh, the other events that happened last week, um, uh, I think let's start on the European and Asian tour. So there was a, the joint event, the Honma Hong Kong Open, uh, which was won by Aaron Rye. Um, he won it by one stroke from Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, he basically blitzed the field with a, a 61 uh, over the weekend, which kind of really took it away. He went into the final round with a five-shot lead and was just super solid. He becomes the 12th Englishman to win on the European Tour this calendar year. So a great uh, year for English golf. And again, a kind of for Aaron, it just a, a really consistent, continued growth from when he joined the Challenge Tour five years ago. So he uh, progressed from the Challenge Tour in 2017 into the European Tour. Uh, he won three times 
in 2017, which automatically put him on the European Tour. And this was his first first win in 45 European Tour start. So a brilliant um, win for him. And hopefully that'll take his career on and on. Um, for those of you who might be familiar, Aaron's coaches um, are actually uh, me and my golf, uh, the YouTube kind of sensation, sort of teaching sensation. So you know, good fill it in the cap for them as well. So well done to him. In terms of my picks, um, unfortunately, Sam Horsfield, withdrew from the event before uh, I know he's been struggling uh, with uh, with injuries and so on so I think he's just going to take a bit of a prolonged break to get back to full fitness and Rafa Cabrera Bayo had a storming again a storming last round to kind of get another top 10 finish so just outside uh, placing but uh, good good final round after a bit of a slow start for him uh, over in uh, in Australia, they obviously had the World Cup of Golf, the ISPA Handa World Cup of Golf, which was won by the Belgian pair of Thomas Peters and Thomas Dutrie, who uh, ended up uh, beating the Australian and Mexican pairs by three strokes. Um, basically, they won the event on uh, the Friday. Um, so the first round, England were right up there. England, who were my pick, who ended up coming eighth. Um uh, first round they were uh, I think they were second actually uh, shooting nine under and a couple of pairs shooting ten under including England but they had like, horrendous weather on the second day torrential rain there was obviously standing water in a lot of the bunkers um, whereas a lot of the pairs were shooting in the 80s um, Peters and Tree managed to shoot round level par and that just um, gave them such a cushion going into the weekend. So just really solid performance and, and winning by three strokes. Uh, good to see. I mean, Abraham answers on a on a heater at the minute. He obviously won uh, the Australian Open the week before. Um, and uh, he and his partner, Roberto Diaz, came second alongside the Australian pair of Leishman um, and Smith. So, you know, good, a good showing. I really enjoy that type of format. It's obviously a shame it's in Australia. Didn't get to see a great deal because it's just on so early here in the UK. So it's all late, depending on uh, if you're staying up or going up. Um, I think kind of one of the interesting things I did see was Team Greece, um, perhaps the most schizophrenic uh, pair in golf over the two different formats. In the four balls, they shot 66 and 68. Uh, yet in the foursomes, they shot 87 and 86. Um, that sort of scores that I think I'd be... Uh, I'd be disappointed with if I shot, but uh, anyway, nonetheless, it was quite quite interesting. Well, quite nice to see the pros be a bit schizophrenic in the different forms of uh, of four ball foursomes golf, like the like as amateurs. And then I think the biggest news of the weekend is the man with the most uh, unique swing in golf, Ho Sung Choi, winning the Casio World Open on the Japan Tour. Um, if you have not seen this man. Swinger Golf Club. You must go and find him on Twitter. His name is Ho Sung Choi C H O I. If you uh, if you just find him on Twitter, you'll see it's the most amazing swing. Whether it's his putting uh, or hitting a full swing shot, it is just insane. So please go, please go and seek him out. Um, but great win for him. He nearly he was runner up earlier in the year. That's where he kind of shot to internet sensation fame. Um, but uh, yeah, great to see him winning, and you know, with that win, that puts him in the top two hundred. So he might start to get a couple of invites to things. So maybe we'll see a little bit more of him on uh, some of the bigger tours uh, over the next twelve months. Um, 
And kind of wrapping up the other news, uh, Brooks Kepka is flip-flop back to world number one, uh, but potentially likely to lose this this week, depending on how Justin Rose features uh, in the Hero World Challenge. Uh, Kepka's not playing this week, so let's just see how how that pans out. Um, Phil Mickelson hit a milestone this week. Uh, he, that's 25 consecutive years within the world's top 50. Um, I read a, which is a phenomenal achievement in itself and a, an interesting stat um, I saw was 65% of the tournaments that were won on the LGP, uh, LPGA Tour this year were won by players who were not even born the last time Phil was ranked outside the top 50. Um, now, obviously, women's golf is the the age is, is clearly quite young and a lot of the talent is, is very young there. But that was um, insane when I saw that stat. And I suppose the final bit of news is um, a, bit of, a bit of good press for the President's Cup. Ernie Els uh, appointing local um, uh, local expert Jeff Ogilvie as a vice-captain uh, with the President's Cup in 2019 being at Royal Melbourne. Yeah, he'll be invaluable there. He obviously knows um, Sandbelt Golf down on that, that Australian coast very, very well. And coming from Melbourne, he'll be able to offer a lot of expertise. Not sure it's going to be enough. I think the um, the Americans are going to be so strong. That, uh, not sure it'll be enough. Hopefully there'll be a few Aussies in there to uh, boost up the uh, the local crowd. So um, this week, we are, I've definitely concentrated more on the news and the match because there's only really one event to really chat around this week, and that's the Hero World Challenge. And uh, to be quite honest, whilst it is a kind of a world ranking points um, event, it's a bit of a cheating one because there's only 18, 18 people in the field um, who are fighting for a you know, three and a half million dollar purse, one million going, one million going to the winner. Uh, there's no cut; it's a normal stroke play event. And it's Tiger's event uh, where he pays for his foundation, the Tiger Woods Foundation, um, based out in Albany and the Bahamas. Um, It's an event that's been going for a long time, but it's only been in the Bahamas since 2015. So if you're looking at kind of people's track records, you can only really look at the last uh, the last three years. Um, And the only previous winners have been Ricky, uh, Hideki and Bubba. Um, So there's kind of not a great deal to go from. in terms of T- Tiger's obviously done very well in this event. You know, obviously last year was his first time playing again uh, in a long time. And I mean, it's amazing to think he was ranked well outside the top 1,000th this time last year. And he goes into the event this week ranked 13th and could even, I suppose, with a win, he could even break into the top 10 this week. So uh, just uh, uh, amazing to see the turnaround in form for him. And he has he has won this event five times beforehand, but never uh, in the Bahamas. But in fairness to him, he's been injured most of that time. So it'll be interesting to see how he does this weekend. In terms of what to expect, so... The course is plays relatively long. There are five par fives, so the long hitters do have an advantage for sure. But that is a little bit negated by the fact it's normally quite windy, and I know they're expecting a lot of pretty crappy weather over the weekend in particular. I think Saturday is supposed to be blowing a gale, and Sunday is supposed to be chucking it down. So expect people to who perform in kind of all weather conditions to do quite well. And that might well suit last year's winner, uh, Ricky, Ricky Fowler. So Ricky ended up winning by four strokes last year. He, he actually overturned a seven-shot deficit, shooting a final round 61 uh, to win um, a win by four strokes over Charlie Hoffman. So 
uh, and we know he he's played pretty well in, in kind of uh, US Open and the Opens beforehand so he knows how to play in wind um, he's pretty consistent all year round and I think he's tied third favourite yeah so tied third favourite 10 to 1 alongside JT and Tiger and the favourite is Justin Rose this week uh, he's obviously got a lot to play for going back for world number one um, for me I'm going to go I'm going to go for somebody a bit different. I think this event can throw up some interesting and different names. You know, my, my outsider, I'm going to give that to you straight off the bat. I'm actually going to go for Bubba. Um, yeah, Bubba's played well this year. He's really well rested. He's not played since the Ryder Cup, so he's had best part of a couple of months off. He's won here previously, you know, having done something similar, not, not played for kind of the best part of six weeks before turning up to this event. So he knows what it's like. Um, not sure what his game's going to be like, but at 29 to 1, he's kind of the, he's the penultimate in terms of the field from an from an odds point of view. I just quite like that as an outside bet. Um, so Bubba at 29 to 1, I do fancy. And for my winner, I'm going for someone who needs a win um, in terms of he's played phenomenal golf for a long period of time, but just doesn't seem to be able to get over the uh, the final hurdle. He's finished runner-up a number of times, most recently to Shoffley a few weeks ago out in Korea, and that's Tony Finau. So he's at 17 to 1, so I quite like his odds. He's fairly decent odds. He's in good form, hits the ball miles. He should gobble up those par fives. Um, and to be quite honest, it's a bit of a funny one. I know sometimes people have won this event by a number of strokes. Um, I think he tends, to, he seems to rise to the occasion. Um, he's done a lot better in the majors over recent years as well. It's a shortened field, so his odds are shortened. So I just think, yeah, Tony Finau, 17 to 1, he's going to be my winner this week. So there you have it. Um, bit of a news-heavy one this week uh, with only the Hero World Challenge to look at. Um, it's interesting to watch that event. I always quite like watching it, um, even though I feel like it's a little bit cheating with this, this, this sort of shorter fields. But uh, uh, whatever you're doing, I'd be welcome to hear your thoughts, actually. So hit me up on either Twitter, um, at the Spike Bar, or me personally at Ben Swanton Golf. Uh, be interested in your thoughts on the match. Uh, if you haven't subscribed already to the podcast, please do so. Um, you can find it on iTunes. I'll also put it on SoundCloud as well. Uh, but in the meantime, enjoy your week and look forward to catching up with you next week. Cheers. <laughs>